to another, dare I say, exciting episode of Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I am Dan. He is Dan. It's true. And I'm joined, as always, by... It's Lex. You. Lex. Yes. And you, lovely listeners. We are joined, as always, by you, hopefully. Well, no, hopefully if they can so. hear this, then if, if a podcaster speaks in a podcast, then it makes a sound because somebody has to hear it. Yes, well, it has to be recorded. If it's not recorded, it's, it's a really a podcast. podcast. That's a philosophical argument for another time. Well, speaking of philosophy, Dan, as you know, this is a podcast where we watch movies uh, that most other people in the world have seen, but that either you or I or both of us have not. And if we haven't watched those movies, do they really exist? As it turns out, they do, and people oh, are shocked well, that we haven't seen them. that question. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. But uh, the movie we're going to watch tonight is uh, it's a sequel of sorts because- is it? The uh, the first movie you and I watched together on this very podcast was Beverly Hills Cop, starring Eddie Murphy. Oh, I see. And I, I believe we have another Eddie Murphy title, title this evening. That's right. It is Coming to America. I, when you said sequel, I thought perhaps in the original he, like, leaves America. Leaves America. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was was the prequel to Coming to America out of Africa? Yeah. <laughs> the prequel to Coming to America was applying for a visa. <laughs> um, it's really dull. It's a short film. Another actor uh, from another movie we've watched in this series. Well, I can guess. Can I guess? Please. Because I, I think it's one of the other few things I know about this movie. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing James Earl Jones. That's the one. Is also in this movie. As I recall from the little I know of this, he plays Eddie Murphy's father. That's correct. Excellent. And uh, it's directed by John Landis, not to be confused with John Hughes, who no. wrote Vacation, which we've also watched. But we'll call that a, a, a part sequel. <laughs> Because we have very loose standards, uh, but you know it's uh, well. What do you know about it? You know that uh, you know James Earl Jones is uh, Eddie Murphy's father, at least in yes, the movie. Yes, I do know that. I know that Eddie Eddie Murphy is an African prince, I believe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an actual one, not like a Nigerian like prince who's calling <laughs> you and you've like won a bunch of money or is yeah, not like that. This predates that. Yeah, this is pre Nigerian scam. Okay, I, I appreciate that. That's the good. The film is from nineteen eighty eight. Which I believe is post Beverly Hills Cop, so so Eddie Murphy is already an established film star at this point. I would say that's right. Um, what else do I know? Well, I I caught glimpse of the little uh, paragraph of summary, and so the only thing I caught away from it was that he's looking for love. Well, aren't we all though? I in I'm looking in all the wrong places because I'm watching these movies with you. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Um, this was a you know a lot of. Uh, then famous and now famous are black actors in this movie, whom I expect you will recognize and enjoy. Excellent. I, and, I uh, look forward to recognizing and enjoying them. From the moment the movie starts, you'll hear Ladysmith Black Mombazo. I don't know if you're familiar oh. with that band, but they... Yes, uh, I am. They kick it off from the start. Very cool. Well, um, if, I got nothing else. I'm ready to dive in. You know nothing else. All right. Well, you're in for a treat. I, I know you don't always love ridiculous comedies, and this is a ridiculous comedy, but... This is although I haven't watched it in years. This I is a ridiculous this, comedy, but yeah, I believe this to be a laugh out loud comedy. That's my okay. analysis for you. All right. Well, I look forward to laughing, perhaps even out loud. <laughs> I already am. <laughs> well, we've queued up 
coming to America to uh, we're on Netflix here. But uh, if you're watching along at home, we're at the moment right when the Paramount logo comes on screen. We've got about an hour, 56, 33 left to go. So we will hit play. Lex, count us in. In three, two, one. I will say I'm that coming that is to exactly America. The, uh, the kind of joke that my dad. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like the finest performance in this movie might be Eddie Murphy as the old Jewish guy. I, you know, it is the performance of a lifetime. It's pretty good, I gotta say. I mean, not that I didn't think the rest of the movie was also good, but uh, that that part really, I was impressed. Oh, so wait, based on what you just said, though, that tells me uh, no, you no, liked I the movie. The, I, I did. I liked the movie a lot, actually. This, I think, Dottie Dog was played by Dottie, by the way. Oh, thank God. I was really worried. I'm sorry, um, you were saying. I was saying, uh, your of your selections this year. I think this this has gone to the top of the list. Well, I'm delighted to hear that. You finally hit a home run, Lance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have to tell you, this is a movie that I will. Although I haven't in years, uh, I will watch it any time it's on. You know, if somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, let's watch Coming to America," you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say yes. That's that's a smart move. Now, that's the right play to make. This was the choreographer Paula Abdul. Wow. The, this was the um she'll go into big things the first leave eddie murphy out of this but this was the first movie <laughs> that eddie murphy did where he chose to play many characters and because this movie did so well i guess he started doing it all the time it gets a little see it, it gets a little ridiculous because at a certain point it seems like nobody wants to work with eddie murphy but eddie murphy <laughs> like maybe they just couldn't fill all those roles right i uh I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. I think it gets silly and like it's it's more work than it's worth and the joke gets old. But I really feel like here, especially because it's not just him, it's the fact that both Eddie and Arsenio are playing so many roles for no great reason. Uh, I really enjoy that aspect of the movie. Yeah, no, I think it's it's probably I feel like the most successful implementation of that gag that I've seen. And there are there are numerous actors who who do the same thing, right? Um, but it, although Eddie Murphy probably the most prominent, and he does have amazing range, um, it is it is fun to look back at a time when Eddie Murphy was gen- genuinely hilarious. Uh, <laughs> as much as I want him to be successful now, I feel like he he's you know like like so many of the comics that you know were popular at a certain point, they get older, they lose a little bit of their edginess, their sticks become different. You know, you got like your Eddie, your Eddie Murphy, your Robin Williams. Uh, you know, there's the it it drops off a little bit, right? Eddie wants to be famous for something else these days, like he wants yeah. to be a different kind of comedian. But this is just, oh, I this, really this, thought that the this same. This is his high point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like he really, it just feels like, uh, this is so funny. And uh, you know, he gets the story by credit, not the written by credit. But it feels like, you know, there are some lines that just feel, and so I guess not even lines, but just deliveries that feel so quintessentially classic Eddie. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, I think for me, what what makes this work is that a there is a story, right? Like it's not even if it is a little bit of a trope, you know. We've seen the whole kind of like you know, famous slash rich person wants to be loved for themselves, disguises <laughs> themselves, 
they when their secret is revealed, people get angry at them. You know, like I feel like that's a that's a plot that we've seen before. But even with that, they make it feel fresh, and they don't go for a lot of the low hanging jokes. I feel like yep, um, which I which I appreciate when when a comedy especially tries to work a little bit harder. And I and I you're right. I laughed out loud. I thank you. I noticed the and I appreciate it. Wish to thank the McDonald's Corporation. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> Look, they thank the Zumunden Film Commission. That's I'm funny. Suspicious. The, um, well, when you say that we've seen this before, had we in the '80s? Was this already a, a well? well it's, it's like a fairy tale thing, I, right? I think. Like a little Prince and the Pauper esque. You're saying? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I like the idea. That you you can take something old and put a new spin on it. So I, I think that's totally valid, and they certainly put a a, uh, a very '80s spin on it. Um, I like the fact that the characters are not entirely two dimensional. Which they could have been, right? Um, they could have taken like like I said, you know, they could have taken the easy gags for him being a fish out of water, right? But he actually does really well at everything. Like all the skills that he's used are really, uh, really translate. You know, he he's the self defense stuff, and he's really well. He's genu- genuinely well educated and well spoken, um, and they don't have too many jokes at his expense. Like even in the jokes where he's unfamiliar with things, I think he still comes out looking pretty good. Um, I like the relationship between him, him and, uh, and Semi, even if Semi gets a little bit, you know, taken aback at the, they're living in squalor. Um, yeah, I think on the whole, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty successful. And I, uh, I, I think that's exactly right. And I think that the, even though the, it's obviously not, <laughs> there's no sense of reality in the movie, but you're right. They're not two dimensional. They are well-formed, ridiculous characters. Sure. Absolutely. Now, were you aware, by the way, that, uh, King Jaffe Joffer's uh, wife, the queen, uh, also played his wife in The Lion King. I was not. Yeah, she is the lioness queen in The Lion King. Lex, I, I, I need to tell you something. What's that? You've never I've seen, never the, seen Lion the Lion King? I saw it for the first time like three weeks ago as we wow. record this. Yeah. And, you have, and you have three small children, so I'm impressed. Yeah, this was the, uh, Anya's first time watching it. See, yeah, I, I I had this fight recently with some members of my family who claimed that I must have seen it, but I I have no recollection of seeing <laughs> the entire thing. So you put that on the list. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyways, that's very actually that's very very amusing. I guess I like. I mean, the I think feel like the I guess even John Amos gets his moment of not just being a greedy like gold digger at the end, which is nice. Like when he's actually offered the chance. Right. To make money, he turns it down for, for pride and respect for his family, which I, I think is good because that's <laughs> up until that point, right? Like he's, he's It is a very redeeming little, moment for the character. Although yeah. I'll tell you, when when James Earl Jones says, you know, when he says to James Earl Jones, You don't you don't have enough money to, you know, to buy me off in this instance, uh I don't know. I keep thinking he probably does. Like if if he upped the offer to like ten million Okay, so my daughter's mad for a couple of weeks, but I think I can cheer her up. <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. I mean, like at that point, it's just numbers, right? I think that's what I always have a hard time with. You're offering if you're you're offering like outlandish sums, you know. Eh, two million is not retirement money, but ten million is retirement money. That's my analysis. I mean, two million is retirement money if you do it right. I think two million was retirement money in 1989, but I don't oh, know yeah. if that's true in 2013 or what is it now? 2014. Uh, it is something. It is something like that. You know, there. We've discussed and watched several shows, uh, several movies that either had TV series come from them or had 
you know, the, there was contemplation, of, including Beverly Hills, where they were going to yes, potentially do indeed. a Beverly Hills series. There was a pilot of a sitcom version of this movie, uh, but it did not. It did not go to series. Interesting. Well, oh, in the, I'm, I'm looking at now in the eighties. Wow. Oh, wow, that's yeah. that's pretty old. Um, I also see that there's a lawsuit about this movie. Oh. Uh, the humorist Art Buchwald filed in 1990 against the film That's producers right. on the grounds the idea was stolen from a 1982 script that Paramount had optioned from him. I think he wins, doesn't he? Won? he? Yeah, he won, and, and they, he got monetary damages, but they settled out of court. That is impressive. What I remember, too, I, I just I totally forgot about that until you brought it up. I remember that uh, Eddie Murphy had worked with John Landis on uh, Trading Spaces, Places, Trading whichever places. it is. Places. The other one's a I TLC, want to say, yeah, TLC yeah. <laughs> reality show. But so trading something, they worked together, and that was like before Eddie Murphy had gone huge. And then John Landis says that Eddie Murphy was a total jerk uh, on the set of this film. Now that really? he was a megastar, and they hated each other, and they vowed that they would never work together again. Although Landis still says he thinks it's an incredible Murphy performance, uh, but then they buried the hatchet and they got worked together on a, a sequel to Beverly Hills Cop that neither of us has ever seen. Wow. Well, that's, you know, I that that's kind of worth a movie in its own, right? <laughs> yes. That's uh that is a good story. Um yeah, so overall, I mean, we've watched a lot of comedies this season. We I, have. And I would say for me, this definitely beats out Vacation. Um I think sadly it beats out UHF. Yeah. Uh, I know sad, well, sadly for you. I know how no, much I, you like I think it. that this movie is funnier than UHF. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm, I'm UHF is funny. UHF I like because I really love Al. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, but I think that, you know, I can watch it and Al can watch it today and know that, you know, there are there are some great moments and some great lines, but it is not a hilarious movie. I think that this movie is wall-to-wall laughs. Though we joked about Oscars, it was nominated for two Academy Awards. For makeup? Best Costume Design and Best Makeup. Yeah. Wait, the first one was Costume Design? Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the dead cats that they wear around their neck are pretty great. Wow. Although the uh, L.A. Times reviewer, reviewer called it a, quote, hollow and wearying Eddie Murphy fairy tale, unquote, and bemoaned, quote, that an Eddie Murphy would movie would come to this, unquote. <laughs> there's a uh, yeah, there's um there's, a, there's apparently a lot of a lot of uh, criticism. It only gets a 68 percent on Rotten Tomatoes as of the point this Wikipedia article was written. Well, but it was know. a commercial box office success. I do think it's. uh I mean, I do think it's a comedy that holds up well, too. It's obviously yeah, dated yeah, yeah. and stuff, but it doesn't even have, you know, it doesn't have the subtle racism, I don't think, of or the unsubtle racism of National Lampoon's Vacation. There's, you pointed out that, uh, uh, which, oh, Eric LaSalle is kind of, not even racist as much as he is. Um, well, I mean, he's a, he's a dick, right? Like, right, <laughs> yeah. Xenophobic, perhaps? Right, yeah, that's the one, xenophobic. But, you know, it feels like I feel like this movie could still be made today and be hilarious without major script changes. It's interesting because they don't really play off the like white black relation part. Right. Which is I feel like uh, a big part of Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> he's the lesser known Eddie Murphy clone. I feel like that was a big part of Eddie Murphy's shtick. You know, it was the sort of edgy race based humor. And it's not a not a card you see played here. I mean, even in Beverly Hills Cop, right? Like the scene uh, where he tries to check into the hotel. Remember, he pretends to be a uh, a writer for Rolling Stone. Right. Yeah, I feel like it was it was a little it was a little more edgy even there. But this one kind of leaves that on the table, which is all right. I don't think it needs to get bogged down in that kind of thing. And it was it's still I felt like that in some ways made it more interesting 
um, because it was looking at these sort of divisions in the even in the black community by having, you know, Eric LaSalle being, you know, a xenophobic character. Yeah. And, you know, surprising, not it wasn't a cameo at the time, I guess, for Samuel L. Jackson, but it's always surprising to see these folks who go on to bigger and better things in the smaller roles. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, best remembered as Mugger in Coming to America. <laughs> uh, I'm always surprised. Then he made 7,000 more movies. It, uh, no, nobody seems totally shocked when a guy comes into the McDowell's and just fires off his shotgun. There's not even like screams. Fifth time, they said. Fifth yeah. time. The same guy. Yeah, well, he's got a shotgun. What are you going to do? <laughs> he, he, is, he is dedicated to his craft. His craft is robbery. <laughs> I do have to say, when Eddie Murphy delivers the uh, the Jewish joke at the end, as the old Jewish guy in the barbershop, uh, he does a great delivery of that joke. I was saying he nailed it. I mean, it sounded like something that my grandmother or my father would tell. <laughs> and he's got all the he's got all the little ticks and everything down perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I, if if Eddie Murphy isn't part Jewish, I'm surprised because he really. <laughs> I want to see a movie about that guy going to Zamunda, <laughs> coming to America too, or I guess coming to America too, going to Zamunda, nuns on the run. Um, yeah, not so. Yeah, and our uh, we picked another movie without a sequel. Not that many of them this year. From yep. us, but this is this is one of I think three so far. Now you've said in general that you you're not a huge you, you like comedies you just don't like slapstick do. comedies. Does this? I mean, I like some slapstick comedies. I think you got to get it's got to be done really well. I mean, I love you know the old style, the Marx Brothers and and stuff like that. Um, sometimes the ones I don't like are the, I think the ones where they rely too heavily like bodily humor stuff. That gotcha. doesn't really do it for me. Yep. The very broad comedy. Um, I think th- this this actually is. I felt this was successful because I felt like it was cleverly written and, you know, especially uh, when it comes to you know Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, their deliveries are so good, right? right. And they have such a good comedic rapport. Um, I feel like some of the bits fall a little bit flat, like you mentioned the, the bit with the singer, which just felt like something Eddie Murphy like wanted to do. Oh, right. The, the, the Rick Springfield-esque singer. I'll, I would yes. say the, um, the singer in the... Not Rick Springfield. That's definitely not who I mean. No, you're thinking... Um, he sings Jesse's Girl. Yeah. Uh, Bruce uh, Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> no, the... Uh, 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 this is terrible. You're going to have to edit this whole thing you're out. You're having a really right hard name. time with this right now. Do you know who it is? It's the guy who's... Uh, Rick James. Rick, Rick James. James-esque. Okay. But uh, I thought you were going to reference when... Uh, What's his name sings? Uh, the Paul Bates character. No, no, I, uh, that was funny. Because that, the, the Oha scene, I could, I could have lasted another two minutes in that scene, I think. <laughs> I think that could have just gone. I just kept waiting for him to beat the, beat the crap out of someone, though. <laughs> he is huge. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, I think, like I said, I think it was very, uh, very well played. All right. um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. Well, I'm delighted to hear it. I'm glad to have shared it with you. Thank you for sharing it with me. And I, I think if you if you had tallied up this series before we started it, or this season of not playing, and we said, which actors will be the most common players <laughs> in uh, movies that we haven't seen that we watch together? I don't know. I mean, I, Eddie Murphy, yes, because again, I haven't seen Trading Places. Yeah. Um, but James Earl Jones, I think, a surprising number of appearances already. Yeah, yeah. And, He's got a couple. I don't know. So I, I I guess it's it's surprising. But uh I'm glad you liked it because I really liked it and I knew you didn't love Mannequin and I really do love Mannequin too, but I think I, for sure I this is the funniest movie. You love movie. Mannequin? I can see why that especially because I think it 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 holds a special place in your heart. Right. 
And everyone's allowed to have a movie or sure. two that is maybe not the best movie, but that you have a special affection for. I think that's totally cool. Well, I appreciate it. I, I agree with you. I think of all the movies we've watched together so far, this is the funniest. Okay. Bill and Ted, very funny. But Good. I think I'm glad you funniest. enjoyed Bill and Ted. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. So what's coming next? Well, that is a great question, Lex. I, there's a, there are a lot of options here. I was looking down the list of uh, things that you have not seen. I think this is this may be my last pick for the season. Wow. Um, so I feel like we got to end on something good. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything good left on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said the Trading Places is good. Trading Places Man. is good. I, I I don't know if I want to go comedy or let's see. We got oh what, please what not else? Braveheart. That would be way too much. Mel no, no, it's too late. It's too late. We're we're, we're kind of committed to the '80s thing right now. Yeah. I feel so. I I'm, I'm trying to find another '80s movie. I'm seriously considering Top Gun, which is not a movie that I necessarily love, <laughs> but it's it's iconic, you know. Right, Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. It's possible that you should see that. <laughs> I'm willing to believe that. Well, I mean, you know, the the other options I was looking at here is like Tron. I don't think you'd like Tron that much. It's it's pretty nerdy. Um, <laughs> Highlander. I feel like you should see it. It's also terrible. I mean, it's it's terrible in a great way. Um, there are some other good ones on here, but I was I was I was feeling the need to sort of balance out because I feel that you have picked a lot of comedies. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I, I was trying terrible. to get us a little bit of balance from the comedy and the I'm not going to call them dramas, <laughs> non non comedies, <laughs> nomedies. But uh, I mean, certainly, well, it's entirely your choice. I could make you watch Blade Runner, but I, I also don't like Blade Runner that much. And there's like eight versions of it, so it's like way too hard to do commentary for. <laughs> I cert- I feel like you should pick a movie that you, I don't know. It doesn't have to be one that you like, but it should be a movie that you don't hate at least. That's my advice to oh, you. Oh, there's nothing on this list I hate. Okay. I will totally say that. I, I will say there are some movies on here that are just not like, you know, wouldn't go on my top 100 list maybe, but. Right. There's movies you know, on your list that I haven't the, even heard of. Oh, yeah? yeah. What's, like what's dead, dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Never That's a Steve Martin that. movie. Hmm. It's a black and white Steve Martin sort of take on hard-boiled crime movies. I believe it's actually edited into footage from uh, other film noir movies or something. It's very odd, but it's very well done. It's from a period where Steve Martin was also very funny. <laughs> I still think he's funny, but I understand. I still think he's team. mostly funny. He's, I think his movie choices are not as funny as they used to be necessarily, but he, he is also a very funny writer. Um, I watched that a few years ago. I've only seen it once, though. Got I feel it. like I, I I would love to pick a movie that uh that you have not seen that I have seen a bunch, but I'm having trouble looking at this list and figuring out what that is. <laughs> well, if you want to take the week, you don't have to announce your choice today. You can wait. Okay, I feel like I I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I also want to pick something that I think people will enjoy and that you will enjoy. And if you come up with something that's not on our, our mutual shared list, that's fine too. You know, you can yeah, just no, run I it just by me and I'll, sure. I'll tell I, you I, if I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I have to. Probably sure. not. <laughs> Chances are, it seems like maybe not. Well, Dan, I'm glad to share Coming to America with you, as I said, and I'm excited to figure out what we're going to watch next week whenever you're ready to tell me. I think it will be really, really a treat. I'm sure you'll love it. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Oh, I'm not playing. With Lex. And Dan. Night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
He wears that same undershirt thing button down every day. I mean, if you had a shirt that nice, would you wear any other shirt? (laughs) The first time I thought it was like terrible prosthetic skin and I had to look really closely to understand what was happening. (laughs) 